Section 77 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 108, London, March 19th, Old Style, 1750 My dear friend, I acknowledge your last letter of the 24th February, New Style. In return for your earthquake, I can tell you that we have had here more than our share of earthquakes, for we had two very strong ones in eight and twenty days. They really do too much honour to our cold climate. In your warm one, they are compensated by favours from the sun, which we do not enjoy. I did not think that the present Pope was a sort of man to build seven modern little chapels at the expense of so respectable a piece of antiquity as the Colosseum. However, let His Holiness's taste of virtue be ever so bad, pray get somebody to present you to him before you leave Rome, and without hesitation kiss his slipper, or whatever else the etiquette of that court requires. I would have you see all those ceremonies, and I presume that you are, by this time, ready enough at Italian to understand and answer Il Santo Padre in that language. I hope, too, that you have acquired address and usage enough of the world to be presented to anybody, without embarrassment or disapprobation. If that is not yet quite perfect, as I cannot suppose it is entirely, custom will improve it daily, and habit at last complete it. I have for some time told you that the great difficulties are pretty well conquered. You have acquired knowledge, which is the principum et fond, but you have now a variety of lesser things to attend to, which collectively make one great and important object. You easily guess that I mean the graces, the air, address, politeness, and in short the whole tournure and agrement of a man of fashion, so many little things conspire to form that tournure, that though separately they seem too insignificant to mention, yet aggregately they are too material for me, who think for you down to the very lowest things, to omit. For instance, do you use yourself to carve, eat, and drink genteelly, and with ease? Do you take care to walk, sit, stand, and present yourself gracefully? Are you sufficiently upon your guard against awkward attitudes, and illiberal, ill-bred, and disgusting habits, such as scratching yourself, putting your fingers in your mouth, nose, and ears? Tricks always acquired at schools, often too much neglected afterward, but, however, extremely ill-bred and nauseous. For I do not conceive that any man has a right to exhibit in company any one excrement more than another. Do you dress well, and think a little of the brilliant in your person? That, too, is necessary, because it is prevenant. Do you aim at easy, engaging, but at the same time civil or respectful manners, according to the company you are in? These, and a thousand other things, which you will observe in people of fashion better than I can describe them, are absolutely necessary for every man, but still more for you, than for almost any man living. The showish, the shining, the engaging parts of the character of a fine gentleman, should, considering your destination, be the principal objects of your present attention. When you return here, I am apt to think that you will find something better to do than to run to Mr. Osborne's at Gray's Inn to pick up scarce books. Buy good books and read them. The best books are the commonest, and the last editions are always the best, if the editors are not blockheads, for they may profit of the former. But take care not to understand editions and title-pages too well. It always smells of pedantry, and not always of learning. What curious books I have, they are indeed but few, shall be at your service. I have some of the old Colonna, 
and the Machiavel of 1550. Beware of the Bibliomanie. In the midst of either your studies or your pleasures, pray never lose view of the object of your destination, I mean the political affairs of Europe. Follow them politically, chronologically, and geographically, through the newspapers, and trace up the facts which you meet with there to their sources. As, for example, consult the treaties Neustadt and Abo, with regard to the disputes, which you read of every day in the public papers, between Russia and Sweden. For the affairs of Italy, which are reported to be the objects of present negotiations, recur to the quadruple alliance of the year 1718, and follow them down through their several variations to the Treaty of Aix-la-Chapelle, 1748, in which, by the by, you will find the very different tenures by which the infant Don Philippe, your namesake, holds Parma and Placentia. Consult also the Emperor Charles the Sixth Act of Session of the Kingdoms of Naples and Sicily, being a point which, upon the death of the present King of Spain, is likely to occasion some disputes. Do not lose the thread of these matters, which is carried on with great ease, but if once broken is resumed with difficulty. Pray tell Mr. Hart that I have sent his packet to Baron Fermion, by Count Einseidlin, who is gone from hence this day for Germany, and passes through Vienna in his way to Italy, where he is in hopes of crossing upon you somewhere or other. Adieu, my friend. End of section 77. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.